Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 10 of Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to be reading Genesis 3, verses 8 through 10. And they heard the voice of Jehovah God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Jehovah God amongst the trees of the garden. And Jehovah God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And I'll stop reading there. Now, last time we were looking at verse 8, and we saw in the first part of the verse that they heard the voice of Jehovah God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and we saw that God walks in his commandments. He keeps his own law. He is in subjection to his own word. He has magnified his word above all his name. And so Jehovah God, the Father, walks in his own word. But um, we also saw that he was walking in the garden in the cool, and the word cool is actually the Hebrew word that means spirit. In the spirit of the day. And we saw how day can refer to God's salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the day that I have made. That is, the day is a person. It is uh, pointing to Jesus we we already know that Jesus is the light of the world. And we also know that God is likened to the sun, the S-U-N, the sun in the sky. And in addition, he is the essence of the day, the day of salvation. And so we have the voice of Jehovah God, the Father, walking in the garden in the spirit of the day, in the spirit of Christ. It is the Godhead. All three persons of the Trinity are in view. They are continuing in communion, even though mankind created in their image. Let us make man in our image. Man has dropped out of that communion, separated from that communion, but the three persons of the Godhead, one God, not three gods, one God, and yet three persons continue having fellowship with one another in perfect obedience to the law magnified above all God's name. And and here we have Father walking in the spirit of Christ. And then it goes on to say, and Adam and his wife 
hid themselves from the presence of Jehovah God amongst the trees of the garden. Adam and his wife, Eve, hid themselves. And we've already seen that God uh, gives us a verse in the book of Job that explains what this is pointing to with the entire episode of sewing fig leaves together, making themselves aprons, and as if that wasn't enough to uh, indicate they were trying to cover their sins, they also hid amongst the trees of the garden. And in Job chapter 31, the Lord explains in verse 33, or he makes this statement, If I have covered my transgressions as Adam by hiding mine iniquity in my bosom. Adam is not only attempting to cover his transgressions, but to hide his iniquity. And so with the fig leaves and and that work of sewing them together to cover their nakedness, we see he's trying to cover his sin, but also he hides himself. Adam and Eve hide themselves from the presence of Jehovah amongst the trees of the garden. And from that first moment, it, there, there's no indication, um, no evidence that there was any lapse of time from the moment they sinned, it seems, they're immediately about the business of trying to cover their sin. And this is the constant work or the, the constant attempt of mankind ever since all the way through the entire history of the world in every generation. Men have been doing the same thing, trying to cover their sins trying to hide themselves from the presence of Jehovah, the presence of a God of wrath, a God who has said, in the day you eat thereof, you will die. And and so man is afraid. And Adam even says that in verse 10. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked that is, I have my sins open before you, and I hid myself. Adam um, was afraid to face the word of God, afraid to uh, see the presence of an offended God, of a God that now is full of wrath and anger and fury because His word has been transgressed and sin has been committed against him. And and so this brings up fear. This is where fear comes from in mankind. Now, of course, the Bible tells us that that of the wicked, of the unsaved, there's no fear of God before their eyes. There's various aspects to fear and uh, one way Later in time, uh, after the fall, God views fear as he speaks of those who have the fear of Jehovah. And that's a good thing, because men who fear the Lord, 
they they demonstrate it by desiring to be obedient or to keep his commandments because they're afraid to offend him. But the wicked have no such fear of Jehovah, that is, they lack the desire to keep his commandments, the ability to keep his commandments, and and so they sin with, without that fear. But but the way that men are brave towards God, the way that they uh, can shake their fist at God and and act as if they're not afraid of Him, uh, who, you know who you hear it all the time with atheists, with people who mock and despise God, and and they um, say all kinds of things against Him. Uh, trying to give the appearance or trying to make it sound like they're not afraid of him. They're not afraid of what they would consider a mythical creature, or at least that's the lie they say to themselves, someone who's not real. And yet man is brave while he's hiding amongst the trees, or man is brave when he has fled from the light, and run to the darkness, and in his dark corner, like a roach uh, with the light out under an oven or under the counter somewhere, man is awful brave before God. But when the word of God comes, when the light shines into the life of men, and we've seen this all through history, and I'm sure many who are listening have seen this occur in your own lifetime as you've handed out gospel tracts. And you can see at times men fear when you're bringing the truth of the word of God. When we would go forth with a tract, does God love you? So some people, they go out of their way. They'll cross the street so they don't have to see a message from the Bible or especially when the message was related to judgment. May 21, 2011, Judgment Day, where you could see fear on man's face. And and when they couldn't avoid that message, when they tried to get away from it, but it it was um, just about everywhere. It was on buses, it was on billboards, people were handing out tracts all over the place. Uh, then the news media picked it up and and so forth. It, it was just about everywhere that people turn. And, and so they were afraid. There was a growing fear with man deep down within concerning that date. That's why he responded with celebration when it didn't happen. That's why he responded in the vicious way that he did. Uh, when it didn't happen, he thinks, of course, God did bring judgment day, a spiritual judgment on that day that man could not see, but it wasn't a physical judgment, and that's what people or unsaved mankind really consider to be real. They're, they're already dead spiritually. They, they just have no uh, understanding of spiritual judgments like judgments against the church or or judgments against them themselves 
but but they understand physical, literal destruction. And so when that didn't happen, then they rejoiced because deep down there is that fear of an offended God, of an angry God that will find them out. And here God is coming to Adam. He's coming to find him. He's coming to talk with him. And this is an unusual circumstance because man has just been created and had relationship with God. He had intimate communion with the person of God. God is coming to continue that relationship. Of course, God already knows what he did. God knew before he even created the world exactly what would happen. But he's coming to have this officially work out, officially develop, so that God can officially judge mankind and pronounce the curse against him. And and so, when the voice of Jehovah God is walking in the garden in the spirit of the day, in the spirit of Christ, and Adam and his wife hid themselves because why? Verse 10 says, he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. So it's not as though they're hiding for no reason. They they were uh, probably involved with making the aprons from the fig leaves they were sewing together. And then they heard the voice of Jehovah God. That is, they heard the word of God, the Bible. And instinctively now, man's reaction when he hears the light of the word of God, when he hears the truth of the word of God, when he hears the voice of the Bible, is to hide from the presence of Jehovah. And so it's as though here Adam and Eve, they're uh, busy with their fig leaves, and, and maybe they, they've gotten it on to themselves. And then they hear the word of God coming from a little distance. They know God is approaching. Maybe they've, uh, they've gone out and walked with God the previous day or in days past, but uh, not this time, not this time. Now they, they go to the trees. They go to the trees and, and they hide themselves amongst the trees of the garden. Could have been, um, several trees that, that gave some cover. The, um, leaves were lush and green and bountiful. And so they went over behind the trees that had all these leaves and, and they thought, we'll hide from God. Will hide from Jehovah God. What a unthinkable, what an unheard of thing it would have been just an hour before, just a little while before. That why would they hide from God? They love God. It was wonderful when God came to visit, when God's voice came. God is a good God. He's a great God. Look at all the beautiful things that God has made. And, and God is a powerful God. 
he created all these things. They were probably in awe and wonder and, and gloried in God whenever they saw him, whenever they heard his glorious voice. And yet not this time and never again unless God would intercede in, in later generations for a soul and restore that soul to that right relationship. But now, from this point on, Adam and Eve and their descendants, their children and their children's children and so on, down through the lineage, down through the centuries, would always run from the presence of Jehovah. And this will continue all the way to the end of time. Man will hide himself from God. Remember in Revelation chapter 6, in a chapter where God is speaking of Judgment Day, and it says in Revelation 6, verse 14, And the heaven departed as a scroll, when is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens, and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him, that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? No change of any kind from the first sin through the last sin. Man is still trying to hide from an angry God. He still is is calling out, uh, uh, in this case, to the dens and rocks of the mountains to fall on him or fall on them and and to hide them from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. You know, the word presence in uh, the Old Testament, the, the word presence in our verse in, in Genesis 3 and verse 8, that they hid themselves from the presence of Jehovah God, is also translated as face. They hid themselves from the face of Jehovah God. And likewise, in the New Testament, in that verse, in Revelation 6, when it is said, when the cry goes forth, and again, uh, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. In the New Testament, this word, Strong's 4383 is also translated presence. They're attempting the same thing that Adam and Eve attempted way back at the very beginning of the creation in the year 11,013 BC. Hide us from the presence of him that sitteth on the throne. The whole history of the world is man trying to hide from God. And God's gospel, his salvation program, was the sending forth of his word into the world to find the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Why were they lost? Well, they were hiding from him. And 
the Bible, the gospel, sought them out and found every one of them. It found them in every corner that they were hiding and the gospel light shined into their life and grabbed a hold of them and drew them. No man can come to me except the Father draw him, says in John 6.44, and God drew them against their will until the point of salvation, and then he changed their will to be willing, as his people are willing in the day of his power. And they became, once again, humble and, and subservient. They They had their soul restored. They now were uh, new creatures, just as Adam was a new creature. And, and now they became new creatures in Christ, and they no longer were away from God, but were brought close to God. They were brought into an intimate relationship with God once again, and it was a restoration of the original creation in the Garden of Eden. Well, we see that Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Jehovah God amongst the trees of the garden. And this word presence, as I mentioned, indicates the face of God. It indicates being in close proximity to God. And when someone goes from the presence or from the face of Jehovah God, that points to being under the wrath of God, of being in sin and condemned for that sin. It says in Leviticus chapter 22, Leviticus 22 and verse 3, Say unto them, Whosoever he be of all your seed among your generations that goeth unto the holy things, which the children of Israel hallow unto Jehovah, having his uncleanness upon him, that soul shall be cut off from my presence. I am Jehovah. Now, this is the penalty. This is the punishment to be cut off from the presence of God. And this is where Adam and Eve naturally in their fallen condition went to. They they went from the presence of Jehovah. Uh, remember what it says in Second Thessalonians. In Second Thessalonians chapter one and uh, verse eight and nine, it's speaking of Christ coming in judgment in verse eight in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. That is a terrible punishment that man is destroyed and and in his destruction that he is removed from the presence of the Lord forever. It It is death to be apart from God. God is life. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the essence of life. 
to uh, to lose connection spiritually. That's what happened in the day man ate of the tree. He died in his soul. He lost the connection with God who is life. Therefore, he was spiritually dead. And if that condition continues, man will lose his physical life. He will die forevermore from the presence of the Lord. You know, it's ironic that people of the world... Uh, people who are unsaved and and therefore know not God, they know not the Lord Jesus Christ, they they have no relationship with Him, no intimacy, no connection. They therefore have no real life. They they might be physically alive now for a short period of time, but soon. They're, they're guaranteed to die and, and forever be destroyed. But in their soul, even now, while they live, they're dead. And they have no life because they do not have God. God has not granted them life. And yet, it, it's uh, fairly common for someone who's in an unsaved condition and who enjoys the the lust and and the evil things of the world, the desires of the world, the pleasures of sin, and thinks that that's life. And it's ironic that it it's commonly said to the child of God who has Christ because God has had mercy on them and granted them salvation and given them eternal life given them Christ, who is the essence of life, and therefore they live in God's sight, they have life. And yet, again, it's said to them, get a life. Get a life. It, it, it's sort of a, a throwaway line. People in the world say, well, you you spend your time reading the Bible and praying and and uh, observing Sunday as the Sabbath, or or you're involved in discussing things of scripture um, on Facebook or uh, with your neighbor or whatever, and you're, you're not going after what I'm going after, the things of the world, the sins that are so exciting, and it appears to them we are dead, that we lack life. And, and yet, no, no, the, the fact is, God is life. And if you don't have God, if God is not within you, if the Spirit of the Lord is not indwelling you, if Christ has not saved you, and you you have not been given eternal life, you lack life. And and so, you know, as it says, I think we'll have to close with this in John the Gospel of John, chapter 1, and verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. This is speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, as it says in John fourteen six. He is the life and the light of men, and yet the people of the world in darkness do not comprehend it. 
They don't understand that this is true life. This is genuine life. This is um, actual life. And, and all that they consider to be life is, is nothing but things of the world. It is things that are dead. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.